This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Sam. My name is Ricardo. And this is the Outer Limit Frequency. definition of party rock essentially means that, despite how much I hate it, LMFAO is indeed party rock. So seeing as, like I said, I hate it, this episode isn't really about party rock. Instead, for this episode, we look at some of the bands in our experience that lend themselves to the party atmosphere. These are the bands and or songs that people seem to absolutely love, especially once they are maybe not in their most sober state of mind. Well, these and Wagon Wheel, but we're not playing Wagon Wheel. The song One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer is a great number of things. An ode to triple parking your drinks, a certified boomer party anthem, and a massive hit for George Thorogood and the Destroyers. But as with just about anything Mr Thorogood did that's actually worth discussing, he was merely the vessel for an older, better rendered idea. The song actually dates back to 1953 when it was first recorded by Amos Milburn, but it gained a lot of momentum after the release of the John Lee Hooker version in 1966. After all, it's the Hooker arrangement that directly informed Thorogood's version. So to save us from the unbearable dad rock of it all, it's the John Lee Hooker version we're playing for you tonight. If you have a sudden urge to grab three different beverages, now's your chance. One bill. 
Well, my baby, she gone, she been gone tonight. I ain't seen my baby since night or full end. I wanna get drunk and get her off of my mind. One bourbon, one scotch, one deal. And I sat there, getting high, stoned, knocked out. And by that time, I looked on the wall at the old clock again. And by that time, for the quarter to two, the last call for alcohol. I said, hey, Mr. Barciano, what do you want? Well, one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. If there's any dude out there who knows how to party, it's got to be the guy who insists that you party hard, Andrew WK. Since 2001, he has become one of the first names you'd think of when you hear party rock due to his songs like Party Hard, Party Till You Puke, Tear It Up, and our next song, Ready to Die. The word chill doesn't seem to be in his vocabulary, and while he may be a bit of a joke, if you've ever seen him live, you know how much fun his stuff can be. Stupid, but stupid fun.
Bob Log III is an enigmatic singer-songwriter who preaches the virtues of partying from behind a mic'd-up aviation helmet. His particular style of booze rock broke through in 2003 with a surprise hit single, Boob Scotch. And frankly, I feel as though that's all the preamble you're going to need for this one. I mean, it's a song about boobs, scotch, and the interactions thereof. What more do I really have to say? Hey, you got your boob in my scotch. In 2009, the DJ duo known as NASA aspired to create a party record for the ages, complete with one of the deepest guest rosters in history, spanning both genre and generation. Alongside modern acts like Kanye West, RZA, Santa Gold and MIA, there are also appearances from grizzled veterans such as Tom Waits, David Byrne and George Clinton. In case you need the history lesson, Clinton is one of the most important figures in the history of African-American music, as well as a man who kickstarted a million parties as the OTT mastermind of P-Funk. On the track, there's a party. Clinton is aided by funk disciple and former Jurassic 5 MC, Chelly Tuna. And yeah, makes for a grand old time. Special dedication, dedication to each and every one of the planet's inhabitants, plants, animals, men, women, boys, and girls. Bye. 
you can bruise, we can rock the flow In the process, open your third optical Cleaning up this hot mess, we responsible Through love, not stress, something is impossible We tryna embrace the beast and erase the beast Through faith and belief, we can make hate decrease You should never move foolish when you pace the streets With a sign on your mind that reads space the fleets Homeless faces weep with no place to eat While some never finish the meal and waste the feast Never take life for granted, no mistakes is free With the jerks and the goggle, you face the east at least Everybody gets their chance to bust With the imperfect health or in cancer's clutch You can lower your gaze or you can glance and lust Looking for messages and music, the answer's us So sit back, sit back and relax at one time With a rhyme code signed by Doc Funkenstein We drop something fine with nothing to prove It's one nation under a groove, now let's move There's a party and we're all When you have a band that contains members going by names like Johnny National, Tate Nucleus, that's with a question mark, The Rock and Roll Indian, Serge Jobot, Disco, Smorgasbord, and more, you'd probably be convinced that this lot have lost their minds. However, thanks to their shared insanity and under the guidance, that's also with a question mark, of frontman Dick Valentine, Electric Six have managed to stick around for quite some time. Forming in 1996 and releasing albums as recently as just this year with another one on the way next year. While they may not be a huge name, their songs Danger, High Voltage and Gay Bar have left kind of a lasting legacy. Either of those songs could make it onto this episode, but we're going to go with an even better one, Synthesizer. Also, their cover of Strutter, originally by Kiss from their latest album, is surprisingly good. Check it out. But like after listening to this episode.
Former Van Halen frontman Sammy Hagar is a legend in most rock circles, including this particular strain of party rock we're trying to discuss. So what would happen if he were to cover arguably the most famous party song of all time? Would it be enough to start a rager so epic it would destroy the entire world? Well, considering that's not a hypothetical scenario and this all played out well over a decade ago, I think we can conclude that it did not. Please direct your attention to Hagar's 2008 album, Cosmic Universal Fashion, where he attempted a version of Fight for Your Right to Party by the inimitable Beastie Boys. And yeah, that's a total mess. You're welcome.
Ukrainian gypsy punk ambassadors Gogel Bordello are all about having a good time. It's been a huge part of their collective persona since day one, and nowhere is that more evident than on the unlikeliest of breakout songs, Start Wearing Purple, from 2005's Gypsy Punk's Underdog World Strike. And yeah, I do have to say the entire name every time. It's the lore around here. While this might not be a party rock song in a traditional sense, if you party like I do, then you can bet your bottom dollar that one way or another you will start wearing purple. Funny I wasn't colorblind. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits, they will all vanish. I promise. It's just a matter of time. So, yeah. you since you were a 20 I was 20 and thought that some years from now a purple little little lady will be perfect for dirty old and useless clown so From Diogenes to the Foucault From Lozhetskin to Passepartout And I clenched and put two fingers What are you? What was the music you You start wearing purple Why don't you start wearing purple Start wearing purple For me
And now our feature artist. Formed in 1996 in Quincy, Massachusetts by vocalist Mike McColgan, bassist and vocalist Ken Casey, guitarist Rick Barton and drummer Jeff Erner, Dropkick Murphys have since become one of the biggest names in Celtic punk or folk punk or whatever you want to call it. We'll call it party rock because the episode. However, in the beginning, as most bands are, they were a pub band and they didn't get any kind of break until the Mighty Mighty Boston's selected them as an opening act for their 1997 tour. Because of this, and perhaps because of their EPs, they were also signed by punk label Hellcat Records in 1997, the label that they would release their first five albums under. In 1998, they released their first studio album, Do or Die, which would be the only one with original vocalist Mike McColgan, and by this point, Erna had also left and been replaced by Matt Kelly. In 1996, they released their second album, with Casey stepping up in the, to the front a little more, along with new lead vocalist Al Barr. The Gang's All Here was a fine album, but not anything special. Probably the most notable thing about these first two albums is that they were produced by Lars Fredrickson of Rancid. For their third album, Rick Barden was out, guitar was split into rhythm, handled by James Lynch, and lead handled by 17-year-old Mark Oral. This album, Sing Loud, Sing Proud, was where Dropkick Murphys really became who they would be, also utilising an accordion, tin whistle, bagpipes, mandolin, and Shane McGowan from the Pogues. And from that album, this is Good Rats, featuring Shane McGowan from the Pogues.
Their next album, Blackout, was honestly more of the same. It's far from their best album, but it does contain some standout tracks that aren't even originally theirs. Their arrangement of the traditional song Black Velvet Band is great, but it's their go at Pete St. John's Fields of Athenry that we have to go with next. There's not really much more to say about this little bit. Oh, the song Time to Go was in a Tony Hawk game? Let's just get to Fields of Athenry.
In 2004, Dropkick Murphys reached a new level of fame when they recorded a version of the song Tessie, the anthem of the Boston Red Sox. The song was picked up by the team and used for post-game wins, as far as I can tell, still to this day. However, this would be nothing compared to the next hit. In 2005, they released their fifth album, The Warriors Code. This is probably still their most well-known album, really all for one reason, the song I'm Shipping Up to Boston, which was featured in the film The Departed and then just completely took off. Honestly, this song is the entire reason for the concept of this episode, because I swear at every party I've been to since this was released, this has been played at least once per hour. However, because we like to be difficult, I'm not even going to be playing this song. So this is seriously a great album, and it's a little frustrating that the majority of the album is overlooked for this one song. So instead of the anthem, I'm shipping up to Boston, we are playing the absolute piss take, Wicked Sensitive Crew. Enjoy.
The next album, 2007's The Meanest of Times, seems to be where the lineup of the band was officially expanded to include Tim Brennan on the mandolin and tin whistle, as well as Josh Scruffy Wallace on bagpipes. These guys had basically already been a part of the band, but this seems to be when it was made official. The release of this album is also a little confusing, as it's had so many different versions across different mediums and regions. For example, the European CD edition contains the Thin Lizzy song Jailbreak, The vinyl version includes the Who song, Baba O'Reilly, and others included acoustic versions of other songs, B-sides, and other bonus tracks. This has been received as the most polished album by the band to date, which is at least a little amusing to me, as it was also the first one under their own record label, Born and Bred. Turns out they can do better than an actual label can. Before we go any further, this is Vices and Virtues. Okay, so we're just skipping over their 2011 album Going Out in Style because, eh, instead going straight into 2013's Signed and Sealed in Blood, mostly because the song Rose Tattoo is probably one of my favourites by the band. This album is kind of perfectly balanced, though, because while it contains Rose Tattoo, it also has a Christmas-themed song, The Seasons Upon Us, and I just really cannot stand Christmas music, so yeah, balancing great with not so great. This album was the last to feature Scruffy on bagpipes, and seeing as we skipped over Going Out in Style, it's also worth mentioning that at this point, Mark Oral had left the band and been replaced with multi-instrumentalist Jeff DeRosa. So, yeah.
voices tell the story This life had many shades I'd wake up every morning And before I'd start each day I'd take a drag from last night's cigarette That smoldered in its tray Down a little something And then be on my way I traveled far and wide And laid this head in many ports I was guided by a compass I saw beauty to the north I drew the tales of many lives And wore the faces of my own I had these memories all around me So I wouldn't be alone Some may be from showing up Others are from growing up Sometimes I was so messed up And didn't have a clue I ain't winning no one over Oh, it just for you I got your name written
Right, so these last two albums have the lineup that the band has had to this day. We have Barr, Brennan, Casey, DeRosa, Kelly, and Lynch. They have not replaced Scruffy with a permanent bagpipe player, but do employ session musicians and touring musicians, just not as official members of the band. 11 Short Stories of Pain and Glory was released in 2007 and is probably the most serious album done by the band, with Rebels with a Cause being about abandoned kids, Paying My Way being about beating addiction, and our next song, 4.15.13, being for the victims of the Boston Marathon bombing. As a result, the album sure isn't as fun as their previous work, but it does stand out due to their more serious subject matter and loses none of the quality of their previous few albums. Never fade, we'll still always stay. 
So with the previous album being as serious as it was, it seems like the band felt they had to make up for it. Turn Up That Dial goes back to the band's roots, or at least to their early work, with the entire thing just being them paying tribute to the musicians that inspired them in their own ways. Basically, it was going to be either this or, as Barr said, 37 albums in a row about how much I hate Trump. And I'm glad they went less political with this, even if the other option might have been pretty amusing. Instead, it contains wonderfully stupid-sounding songs like our last one of the evening. Mick Jones nicked my pudding. for joining us and if you liked what you heard you should uh jump onto spotify and check out some of our old episodes there's about a year's worth of them just waiting for you go on and since you're coming back next week we will be having a special look at the overqualified and underemployed musicians of the world people who are miscast to play bit parts and this will include a feature on one of the greatest overachievers in music and underemployed people in music john frusciante of the red hot chili peppers we'll see you then See you then. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.